Hi guys, welcome to the E5 Fitness Podcast, episode four. Um, today we're missing Jonna, unfortunately. Um, a lot of you will be sad to hear, uh, but we do have a guest on. Um, one of my friends called Katie. So Katie Ward owned a studio for in Nottingham. Used to own CrossFit Nottingham and used to be a competitive athlete herself. Um, studied with me at um, Leeds Beckett University for her Masters in Sports and Exercise Nutrition and is a mother of two. Um, so today we're going to be talking about pre and postnatal training nutrition, going through each trimester, um, how to eat, how to train, the benefits and negatives of both and what to do post-pregnancy as well um, depending on if you've had a c-section or a natural birth um, and it is actually really interesting I learned quite a significant amount from this having worked with mothers myself and I should really know uh, some of the psychology behind it so I hope you enjoy it as much as I did if you are interested in working with me um, I do have a five free days of fitness starting on the 8th of March so if you just hit my Instagram bio, it is in there. If you want to sign up, it's absolutely free. We're going through five days of habits and hopefully get you on the straight and narrow before you start your own journey. Um, so I hope you enjoy it, guys. Thank you very much. One sec. You're like really close. That's when you close. Is that any better? Hang on. I feel like we're wearing the same, I'm wearing the same colour hoodie as your hat. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I've, pretty, I've had a hat on permanently for about six months now. I've had genuinely got clients who haven't seen me without hat on. Oh, mm. it really has been a long time. How are you doing anyway? I've not spoken to you for a while. Yeah, I know. Where, where have you been? How is <laughs> how is not how is not being a CrossFitter? Oh, I know that's a question. Do you know, I, just give me one second. I've got. I'm in the. One second. I just need to turn the heater off. One second. Thank you. So we are talking about pre-post natal nutrition and and training. Because yeah. you're a little badass when it comes to your training, and you've had two kids, one of them quite recently. Yeah, well, it's, it might be sort of quite recently, but actually, it's two and a half. I know, I know. So, um, yeah, so obviously, so yeah, obviously, COVID happened and all the lockdown, and everything. So, this child was born in the middle of COVID, and uh, yeah, now he's two and a half, just giving me grief on a daily basis. Well, it's so fun. <laughs> Because I remember you telling me at uni that you were pregnant, and like for the life of me, I don't even remember being at uni anymore because that was through <laughs> through COVID. So lots lots happened since then, I guess. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. So you've okay. you've you've given up CrossFit Nottingham, haven't you? And you've gone to Studio Four. Yeah. So um, so yeah, CrossFit Nottingham for I mean, it's kind of it's always come up to about eleven years um, by the time it um, been sold, sort of thing. As in, we've been sort of in charge of it for 11 years um yeah and then sold that in april sort of i think it all went through by june so june last year um and then converted um basically the garages at home into a studio and just work out here now so this is this is kind of it scaffold boarding design i've got a massive cracked mirror in my, my studio so <laughs> i've tried i've just put the dumbbells in front of it and just talked for the best yeah. Hope nobody notices. We've not got a mirror in here. And I wouldn't I do wonder if we need one. I think sometimes you know to check form and stuff like that, especially if you're on your own, it's kind of quite good. But um yeah, I'm not sure where at the minute. So I'm still I've... like settling into it. I feel like I'm not not quite worked out where everything should go yet either. So Well I got my I got my mirrors cheap on eBay 
and all my clients love them because they make everybody they like mirrors <laughs> those special mirrors yeah so if you're someone like me who's got like major body dysmorphia issues it's like these aren't good and everybody else is like oh i love these mirrors like, <laughs> i don't think so um so uh, I, I guess we've got two audiences really haven't we so we both went to uni together um sort of your i would say you're more crossfit and pre-postnatal nutrition based yeah, that'd be about then, right. Yeah. Then I am. I'm more fat loss based, that I really. And I've kind of come away from the fat loss, and it's more a case of I'd literally just bash Slimming World over and over again until people pay me. Um, yeah. That's where that's where I am right now. <laughs> um, How's it all going up there? So you have got the space now, obviously, and that's all good. Yeah, I got this. I got my studio during lockdown. Uh, so I've got to make a decision by August about what I'm going to do, and I've got no idea if I'm going to move get rid of it i don't know I've got no idea is that because it is it like a lease agreement you've yeah. got is it yeah. yeah i don't have a garage like you unfortunately <laughs> can't all can't all be living living the high life <laughs> I mean, it didn't look like this when it started <laughs> don't worry <laughs> so obviously i mean we've got some questions from both our followings but if you just give me a little bit of a lowdown about kind of any struggles or anything like that you had following either either of your pregnancies in terms of like coming or even whilst you were there in terms of your nutrition or your training. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, uh, so I've always trained. Um, so I've got a background, um, sporting-wise, I've got a background in swimming and gymnastics. So I've kind of, I've come from a sporting background. So that sporting background kind of then went into gym life um, and gym life probably kicked off in about, early in my early 20s really um and then it's just been gym life all the way through I'm 42 nearly now so that's nice uh, so yeah so I've been spending a bit of time in the gym um, now but um and then and I guess kind of always been conscientious about my nutrition um obviously studied um sort of 18 to 21 degree and all that kind of thing didn't really use it massively um at first but then came back to that in my early 30s and then obviously did the masters with you um later 30s oh my gosh i'm getting old um so then sort of decided that we were going to start a family um mid sort of mid 30s sort of time and there was kind of a bit of a reality check in terms of where my nutrition was at where i was at in terms of gym life um and a few issues sort of conceiving and that kind of thing so that made me kind of revisit a few a few bits there and address them um which, so was, what, which was good it was good for me needed to be done um, what kind of what kind of bits did you did you sort of correct was it anything that was easy or was it yeah well um, yeah and I guess, so I guess in some ways so I like started gym life in my 20s and then found CrossFit in my early 30s and was then quite competitive with CrossFit so kind of worked um or tra- trained very hard let's say so kind of I guess three to four hours a day um six or seven times a, a yeah six or seven times a week so it's quite intense so trained quite hard um ate quite hard so I did eat for performance but obviously the intensity of training and that kind of thing meant that I lost my cycle um or if I didn't lose it completely it was very very sporadic um so it's kind of in and out and and at the time I was very performance focused so didn't it didn't 
I don't want to say it didn't bother me. I was aware of it, but I wasn't obviously thinking about having a family at that point. So it wasn't something that was of concern. And then obviously you fast forward a few years and actually you do want to have a family and you realise that your cycle is a little bit irregular. So when it, obviously when you, when you went from that position of just train, 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 and you lost the cycle, and then you were like, all right, well, don't want to do that anymore. That's kind of on the back burner. Now I want to start a family. What kind of processes or what kind of things did you come up against? Um, I guess there's a kind of a few things. So psychologically, um, because I'd always trained and always trained to, I guess, I guess I'd always trained a few hours a day just because I had the luxury of time, right? So um, I did enjoy my training and whether I was doing sports as well. So I'd kind of, it would be, I don't know, exercising in the gym, but also activity and sports. So that's how my weeks were consumed and the sort of the hours in my day sort of thing. Um, so actually kind of adjusting psychologically to um, a bit of a downturn in sort of the amount of exercise, the intensity of exercise, what I was training for. Um, and that was that was probably the biggest thing initially because actually changing my mindset towards that as a, as a goal, um, I was a little bit stubborn with it. I felt like, you know, why can't I continue training at this level? And everyone's individual, so I'm not saying that you can't. I'm just saying that um, for me, that was obviously something that I needed to address. So I needed to take a bit of a step back from training. So that was quite hard, and that um, that took a little bit of adjusting. And then nutritionally, I guess because I've been eating for performance, um, I was involved with all the supplements in terms of, like, um, uh, beta-aniline and um, creatine and all those kind of things. And again... Um, there's a few that I would still recommend that you can still take all the way through pregnancy, but I sort of started to reduce those down and take them out of, of um, I guess, my daily nutrition. And then reducing reducing my... Oh, it's kind of hard because I was eating for performance, so I was eating an awful lot sort of thing, but it wasn't actually matching the balance of what was... What I know was why there was a lot in the cycle and that kind of thing. So yeah. I had to sort of really in to what I I needed on a daily basis to keep me in this energy balance to make sure that actually I was giving my hormones the best chance to kind of come back to, I guess, a regular, a regular status, really. So, so um, I mean, so there's two changes, really. I guess that's quite common because, like, you see it in, like, elite athletes, elite sports, like rugby league players, where the deficit is so huge because they physically cannot eat enough as what they're been. And obviously, if you're training three, four hours a day, and, like, let's face it, CrossFit... Whilst some t- some of it's pretty stupid, it's hard regardless. You know what I mean, yeah. like if you're if you're going to do bare p deadlifts for two hours, like it's going to be it's difficult. It's not easy. So you're going to burn a shed ton of calories. So obviously, what and you obviously you came and went from your competition into your sort of all right. Let's start a family now. Was there anything that you like supplementary, like started taking or anything like that for pregnancy? Um, no, um, I'm I'm very much of the nutrition first approach anyway because I think you need that as a baseline. So you need to make sure that every all the boxes are ticked from that food first approach sort of thing. So I certainly didn't start. I, I started taking a few performance aids out, so some of the ergogenic aids out, um, and then just finding where that sort of energy balance was um, first. Um, I, did, I wouldn't say that I hugely changed the nutritional content of my foods. Um, I ate 
Oh, I, I do eat quite well, and um, lots of fruits and veg, um, just pasta and rice in my diet, and all those kind of things that people get a bit nervous of. Um, so all of that's still in there. Um, it was just a, a matter of sort of, I mean, I was eating uh, 3,400 sort of calories a day on a performance intake, yeah, and still obviously having a few dramas with that. So um, sort of bringing that back down a little bit and then reducing my obviously output, if you like. Um, but mm. in terms of any supplementations, for trying to conceive, um, nothing other than folic acid. So I wasn't sort of involved in um, any, uh, I say that, I say that, let's see, I did start taking um, a few sort of multivitamins. Um, but other than that, no, nothing um, nothing major and nothing crazy. It's definitely a nutrition first approach. And coming back to sort of you on three and a half thousand calories, or just short of, how much did you weigh at the time? 70 between 71 and 72 kilograms and you still weigh you still weigh eating enough say that again sorry you still weigh eat, eating enough sorry sorry you say. St- and you still weren't eating as much as you needed to yes no no mint <laughs> living the dream <laughs> all right so I'm, I'm not going to ask any questions about sort of anything from you taking folic acid to sort of conception and whatnot so how did you nutritionally wise like from a calorie perspective how did you how did that change or look like throughout during the nine months yeah um so everyone's trimesters are different so first trimester second trimester third trimester um in my first trimester with my first um i suffered <laughs> i called it pregnancy narcolepsy because it just felt like you could physically fall asleep anywhere at any time it was horrendous so the the level of tiredness it kind of would just hit you at any point so um that was huge for me um I also was quite sick um in the first trimester as well so I couldn't I couldn't physically eat um and that sounds that sounds terrible but it all all I really wanted was white bread chips and crisps um which again from someone who's kind of been um who's quite into their nutrition sort of thing that was um that was a bit soul destroying, but what, what flavor crisps? It's all over the stomach. So, what flavor crisps? Um, it was kettle chips, kind of like you're just ready. The light, lightly yeah. salted kettle chips. Yeah, that Excellent. kind of thing. Um, I couldn't go with like salt or vinegar or anything like that. No, it just, it was quite. It's kind of a bit like chips with salt on, and then it was just crisps with salt on. Um, then it was like just white bread. <laughs> with with salt on yeah, it's so strong um but and that, that was i think that coincided with just what i felt i was so nauseous and stuff like that and it's about physically getting anything in that would kind of stay um and would kind of fuel me for the day so that was the first trimester um second trimester starts to feel a bit better so you could um yeah i find myself kind of coming back to I guess my usual sort of nutrition and um, although I would be slowly incrementing the intake so um very much the the baseline advice or recommendations for um pregnancy is that you only ever really need the additional 300 calories in the last trimester so you know there's, there's a lot of people in that who I guess are told that information um but actually when you when you research it a little bit further you can have up to and this is not like a green light for anyone to just be like oh yeah amazing um you can have up to 50 calories extra a day per week which sounds insane because obviously if you did the maths on that that we're looking at like a gazillion calories by the end of your pregnancy and um, it doesn't mean you have to live 
by 50 calories per day per week. So you don't have to increment that way. But you could, it certainly, I think when, once I've delved into the research on it, it made sense as to why you would require that, essentially, because as obviously you're growing, you're growing human, um, that kind of thing. But your whole body is, is changing as well. And those energy requirements, especially if you're someone who still exercises, especially someone if you're recreationally active, you're still going to need an uplift as, you, as it gets harder for you to physically move around you know, because you are getting bigger and, and things are changing. So um, so I followed that advice as well to make sure I was meeting energy needs. Um, sorry, what, well, obviously with these energy needs, where were you in terms of your training? Like how did your training get impacted? Yes, yeah, so that? in the first tri trimester, right up until I guess, so it's, it's, a, it's an odd one with you first trimester because essentially you'll find out you're pregnant at about five weeks. Um and you can essentially continue training as normal um, up until sort of that 12-week marker. Again, that's kind of the guidelines, if you like. Um, I very much did. Um, I did kind of train in my first pregnancy as, as kind of as I'd already adapted at that point. And so I trained as I regularly did. So I'd already made the adaptations and trains as I regularly did. Um, which probably meant about an hour, hour and a half a day um, of, of whatever it was. It might have, well, that sounds like a lot, but if you know if you're kind of talking about like a walk and a cool down and those kind of things. So that kind of, um, I was then, if you think there was a few times where I might have been sick during, <laughs> during those sessions, um, I might have fallen asleep in all honesty. So I might have been asleep somewhere in the gym. Um, so it was all within the realms of those first, uh, that first uh, trimester as well. Second trimester, you physically start to change. So there's a different, um, that first trimester is a bit weird. You, you, you know that you're pregnant, you feel like you're pregnant and you're being sick or you're falling asleep or you're having no symptoms and living the dream. Or then in that second trimester, you start to change shape. So movements, um, movements start to change anyway. And also your mindset starts to change a little bit. So the fact that potentially in the first pregnancy, I may have still been rope climbing up to the ceiling and back. But then by the second trimester, didn't feel as comfortable or com like it wasn't that I wasn't able to do it. I just didn't feel like that should be what I was doing. I'm not sure how I would have felt if I'd have had an accident. Um, and then obviously I'm carrying the child and that kind of thing. So, um, but that's again, each to their own. I'm not judging. Um, it's just that that's how I felt about it. And then by, by the third trimester, I mean, it's pretty nails, to be honest. I mean, you're carrying extra loads on the daily basis anyway. So walking becomes a chore. <laughs> and even walking uphill, that's an effort. Um, and then obviously there's some really big, so, you know, things like barbell cleans have to become dumbbell cleans. Um, you know, you shouldn't be going anywhere near kettlebell swings and um, those kind of things. So you need to find something else for posterior chain. So you kind of, the adaptations in that third trimester can be, I say pretty big, but you can find a way around it definitely. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, I, I mean, obviously I've never been pregnant. <laughs> what about, and I've, it's not something I really want in all honesty, but I do remember when I, I think when I was a student in my undergrad, so we're talking like 10 years ago, I was getting a massage at one of these sort of strength and conditioning kind of converted uh, school rooms kind of thing. And there was a, um, a woman there who is the wife of one of the rugby league players up here, or 
one of the old rugby league players here, and she was eight months pregnant and still doing deadlifts and box jumps. Okay. But like deadlifts that I'd be like, like we're talking heavy deadlifts. I think it was like 100, 120 kilos and she wasn't big. Like, but that sort of goes to say, like, if obviously, like, if you're, you're used to what the load that you were doing at the time, then to you, it's probably an hour, an hour and a half of training. It's like a lot less than you were doing. So it is you compensating. Whereas obviously, like some of the people that are probably listening to this thinking, okay, an hour, an hour and a half. Like, they might do half an hour now, so that might have to come down to 15, 20 minutes, and it might be a, a walk rather than doing dumbbell cleans. Like most of my clients won't even know what a clean is. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So I guess like, why why is she why is she sweeping at the gym? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm not sure, but um, it's, yeah, it's just FYI, clean is a CrossFit term for beginning of a shoulder press <laughs> they turned that. this into an exercise yes so but it's relative to where you are in your in your because um yeah again if that lady in particular felt confident at 120k deadlifts um, and box jumping then then that's sort of that's where she's at sort of thing and and again like you say if if you were let's say recreational activity included 40 minutes of walking daily by the time you're in that trimester that third trimester you know 15 minutes of walking will probably it'll be the same it's the same sort of workout but it's that 40 minute walk you're just doing it weighted so you can't really go for longer and you can't really go for as long so it's a bit of a um, it's, it's quite hard work um but yeah so i think it, it is definitely relative to where you're at and and again, you do you fatigue quicker in that third trimester. Things things are definitely changing, uh, moving, and then it, I guess it depends on how some of your checks might go. Um, the closer you get to obviously delivery and that kind of thing, so you, it's something you have to, um, I guess, you just have to be mindful of, really. So, okay. so nutritionally wise, in the last trimester, obviously, you said that um, you get an extra five hundred calories a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was that something that you went with? Is that something you followed? Or is it just sort of you kind of just stuck to your habitual nutrition and sort of accepted wherever it landed? So I went um, in the first pregnancy, um, I kind of went with, I would increment on a daily basis by about 50 calories per week for the weeks where I felt like I started to need it, if that makes sense. So by I think by the time I've got to the third trimester, I've surpassed obviously what was supposed to be this three hundred extra sort of thing, and I'm pretty sure I was about five to six hundred over um, on a, on a regular basis. So, um, and again, this is a bit numerical in some ways, but it's kind of making sure that you don't. the The hardest thing sometimes is when you're changing shape. Um, and let's say you have kept in touch with your nutrition and you are a bit, um, you know, you're self-aware and that kind of thing is you are starting to change. You put, you put your fat deposits down, your body's getting ready to, to deliver a baby and that kind of thing. So you start to become a little bit, you might become a bit conscientious of, you know, am I eating too much? Is this putting extra fat on and those kind of things? And it's quite, sometimes you get people who want to restrict at that time. Um, and that is where 
almost the danger lies a little bit. And I don't say that danger makes it sound awful, but again, you, you, you just want to be listening, like listen hard to what sort of, what's, what's going on. Don't make excuses. Don't give it a bit like, oh, I'm eating for two or I'm eating for however many people that you might be carrying. Um, that's not the reason. The reason is, is obviously your energy output's probably going up and your requirements are going up. So listen to, to what's being asked of you is the best advice. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, if you're if you're not training and you're suddenly then carrying, I don't know, a seven pound baby plus all of the other um, things and juices that come with that, perhaps yeah. it's going to take its toll. So, I mean, I think listening to your body is probably the best thing that you you can do because I do, like you said, I think people can get sucked into uh the whole all right well it doesn't matter how many calories i have because i'm eating for two and do you feel as though now looking back on both pregnancies that you've because of how meticulous you were in in them that you've seen that benefit from it and from a physical and like how you look as well yeah yeah so definitely i think um the biggest thing the biggest thing you can do is reward yourself with as much sort of good and sound nutritional behaviours, um, you know, habits, if you like, and and also exercise habits before conceiving, during pregnancy, because that will pay you dividends at the other end. So your postpartum journey is so much easier, like incredibly easier, like a million times over once if you put all the work in back on the on the other side, like definitely. Um, if you don't have those habits in place, it's very easy to, um, there's a new person arrived who is not going to let you sleep and you are. Um, and, you, and with all the best will in the world, you're like, I'm going to go out walking every day with the baby. And then you're like, some days you're like, I am not even leaving the house. I stink of sick and poo and it's rancid. <laughs> and it's just like, and that's a real talk. Like as in, it's, it's graft. Those first three months when the baby's, let's call it um, trimester four, trimester four is rough, um, beautiful and amazing and incredible. But there is a baby and there, you know, it's really hard at that point to, the fatigue is phenomenal. Like, you, there's nothing like it, sleep deprivation. And um, if you already reached for a packet of digestives, you will be reaching for a packet of digestives in, in trimester four. Like it will happen and it might not be just one packet of digestives. It might be two at this point. Like it's, it's just, you're so tired. And, and then if you're breastfeeding, so you've got breastfeeding on top of that as well. So the nutritional requirements for that is, is through the roof. And um, so you do end up eating a lot. Um, and also you're sitting around a lot because you're feeding and changing, or you might be trying to recover from whatever, whatever's happened in delivery. Um, so whatever you can do beforehand will set you up nicely for, for afterwards, definitely quicker recoveries back to, back to feeling yourself. And I don't necessarily mean aesthetically or anything. There's a big psychological piece that goes with that. And, um, you know, you you do become a parent overnight. Um, and I know you've gone through pregnancy and obviously you've had time to prepare, but until that baby arrives, that's a big, it's a big change. So the more do you, you do you feel that, because I've spoken to, like I've, I train a lot of, of mums, I've trained a lot of people that have had multiple kids, like my mum had five. So do you think, because I speak to some people and they love being pregnant. They love that, the whole thing of it. 
And do you feel as though, like that, like you alluded to psychological, like it's sort of a complete identity change between being pregnant and being a mum, especially the first one, obviously, because it's completely new and you sort of throwing knives in the dark kind of thing. Yeah, 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 it's exactly that. There's a bit of a, a change in um, identity. And again, it depends on how you take to that. For me personally, um, I'd had 36, nearly 37 years of doing what I wanted when I wanted. And so when when the number one came along, I was like, oh, wow, okay, that's how this rolls. Um, so that it's quite a big change. And like I say, some people will take to that differently. Um but it, yeah, it, it is. And then obviously when a, a second one arrives and a third and a fifth, obviously in your mum's case, um, it gets busy. Things get busier. So t- trying to carve out time for maybe a little bit of exercise and maybe to prepare meals and food. Like I don't want to try and sit here and be like, oh, you know, I make all the homemade perfect foods. That doesn't happen. Um, you, you're carving out time wherever you can um, to to try and be to try and find yourself and where you are then and try and identify what you are as a mom and and still be a little bit piece of what you were. So you're trying to put these together. So it's a little bit, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a learning curve. It's steep as well. Yeah. So, so in, in terms, like, let's, so you've had a baby, right? It's done, yeah. dusted, big tick. In terms of training, so what would you, like, so a normal, normal delivery, a... Uh, standard delivery <laughs> yeah. like royal mail first class yeah. no hiccups no nothing no c-section what how quickly would you say you need to train afterwards or how quickly yeah. how sorry how long should you wait before you start incorporating training back in so again if you've kind of, again this is i have to like here's a disclaimer that i'm not a medical professional so you definitely have to get medical advice on this kind of thing um but the recommendations are four to six weeks so essentially you've got like a four to six kind of weeks of where you might be ready to return to exercise um and again sort of owning the gym obviously we, i've had a number of women that have come that have gone through pregnancy and they want to return um and again it's what's standard for you so what was usual for you I think you have to bear in mind what your body has been through through pregnancy and then through the delivery process you know, we've had, you've, you've more than likely got diastasis recti, which is obviously the splitting of the abdominals. So as you've grown to obviously compensate and fit the baby in, um, you've got diastasis recti, and then you've obviously got pelvic floor to think about. So obviously, as you've got bigger in the bearing down, so trimester three, that bearing down would have become more and more. And then during delivery, you put the pelvic floor through essentially trauma, <laughs> This is nice. Um, so you put it through trauma. PTSD. You've got to really think about the rebuilding of all of that, all those two things, um, as a really nice slow process afterwards. There's no rush to that. If you rush it, you put yourself potentially at a little bit more risk. Um, so four to six weeks is a good time to start moving. So I don't necessarily think that you need to go back to box jumps. Please don't do that. Um, that makes me emotional and on edge. But... Um, you know starting to move so i i would say that i i personally had uh, two c-sections um one emergency one planned and that was about actually about two weeks i started to go for walks at sort of four weeks it might have been walking a little bit of movement 
then at week six kind of checking everything was okay and where we were and then we might start to um and Sarah's doing about four sessions a week that sounds a lot but one of those was a long walk so that class was a session you know one of them was a little bit of a movement mm. a little bit was um you know a bit of hip hinge that kind of stuff so it was a very phased return to exercise definitely and everybody's different on that because again if you're in the middle of breastfeeding if you're not sleeping what's the right what sort of what's the right kind of thing to do do you know what I mean you have to make um you've got to make a judgment on that yourself you've got to be smart about it too okay in, in terms of like following a c-section and following the abdominal separation that is probably more common than a lot of people realize what kind of exercises would you start to bring in like at that point at where for you were six weeks but for many people it probably would be a little bit longer so you've got um sort of bird dogs so you know when you're kind of on all fours and you're lifting on love a good bird dog Let's say. I love a good bear dog. <laughs> These are amazing movements. Uh, you've got uh, dead bugs. So simply holding a dead bug is like, um, yeah, you know what? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I was just, I can't really demo here, but anyway, like a, a dead bug. Then you've got alternating dead bugs and all this kind of thing. So there's a lot of those movements that can kind of come into place. And sometimes just actually holding those positions. Um, things to stay away from is things like obviously a plank. So if you're kind of obviously that. What, what will happen there is obviously the, the tummy's almost been pulled down and you're trying to hold it and it's just, that's just not ideal. Um, for those crazy crossfitters, definitely no uh, dynamic toaster bar, thank you. Um, we'll look at strict toaster bar, we'll just alternating leg lifts, that kind of thing. So just being super mindful of, of the movements that you do do coming back to that. Okay. Um, none of my clients will know what a toaster bar is about from one, so. <laughs> Just getting toast to the bar. That's all it is. <laughs> the bar's not on the floor, just an FYI, guys. Um, Sorry. Okay. And, and sort of, of, like, obviously, you said we're not, like, at the end of the day, we're not medical professionals, but in terms of complete return to training normality, what would you have said were, was the norm for you in both your pregnancies, like, time wise? Yeah, uh, so first pregnancy I followed, I probably was 12 weeks and then I went back into sort of full training um, and also because I had the opportunity to. So I think that that is something that, again, not everybody will have the opportunity to. I mean, essentially I work in the industry and I, at the point uh, at that time, owned my own gym. You know, there's nothing more that could actually set you up for a return to it. So at 12 weeks after I, you know, you know it's a bit awkward, really. But after 12 weeks, I could return to that. And I also had, um, you know, I could take my child to the gym, which, pe- again, people can't always do that. So it's not um, it's not always viable for people. But it was 12 weeks after the first one. And, and after the second one, um, it was a little bit slower. Um, there was just a few things going on and it was a little bit slower. Um, and I would say that probably took... We were also in the middle of a, I think it was like the third lockdown or something by that point. I think I lost count, but so we were all exercising at home anyway. So we were doing those brilliant classes in our kitchen. Um, so I was doing classes in the kitchen probably about five, six months afterwards. So proper returns training was probably the same as everyone else in April of 2020 or something like that, May, sort of around there. So it took a, it took a little longer with the second one, that's for sure. No, 2020. 
Oh God! I'm been tw- surely, it, surely it was twenty-one because you told me you were pregnant in twenty twenty February May February March time. Yes, and I had him in the August. So that was it, so August twenty lockdown, and then so I came back to the gym April of twenty twenty-one. That's it. Yeah. So, but I did some classes at home, so they were really good. Um, just because actually I had a toddler. And I had a six-month-old lying on the floor and then a few dumbbells, which, you know, from a safety point of view, probably wouldn't recommend. But it worked and we got it done. Um, And I probably did about three or four classes a week, joined in on those. So they were interrupted constantly. Don't expect to be able to get a full session in. Um, Again, it's another shift in mindset where if people ask me, how do I train now? I get four, roughly four one-hour sessions a week. And that's it. So it's not, I don't get anywhere near my hour and a half a day. I don't definitely won't get anything like three to four hours a day. I don't think I'll ever get that again. But anyway, um, yeah, so now it's like, yeah, this is it. So so now it's about training for quality. It's about training smart. So um, that's where I'm at at the minute. Okay. And do you have any sort of long-term effects of sort of both um, C-sections? Yeah, so I've got, um, I have, Bags. Sorry, my, my phone dying. Oh, no, that's I've got it plugged in. I don't know what to this is old people in charge of like technology. Um, so I've got a very, very, very small hernia, um, and it's just above my second C section scar, so it's very, very small. Um, it doesn't actually impact on anything. I was a bit concerned about it initially because I just thought, is that going to get worse or anything? Um, Again, maybe if I was going to go back into performance, which I'm not saying I never will, but if I went back into performance, I might want to uh, have a little think about that hernia at, at that point. Um, you know, certainly not lifting the weights and 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 working at the intensity I used to be. And the second thing is actually just the scar tissue around the C-sections. Um, so the emergency C-section is more like a smiley face across my across my sorry sort of thing and the second one's really straight so I've got that sort of weird like kind of situation going on and there's a little bit of scar tissue um above and below kind of thing and obviously they went in twice so that's um that didn't make it that wasn't that much fun um but yes what I would recommend is a lot of massaging around the scar tissue um after c-section because as much as you can as much as you can and sort of from a from a coaching perspective with my clients, especially some of my female clients who have sort of trained for aesthetics, who have had C-section scars, I know that it's very, very common for for females to be like very conscious about that. Um, is that something you've ever struggled with? Um, I struggled. Um... <laughs> yes, um, I did. I, I want to have a, I wanted to have a stronger answer for that, but I really struggled. Like I really, the first one, um, because it was so wonky as well. Um, I couldn't look at it. I couldn't look. I couldn't look. I couldn't look at it at all um, for a, a really long time. And I can't recall exactly. But then when my first son, um, he we'd had a bath together, and he asked me what was the smiley face. And and um, and I said, well, that's where you came from. Where you came out of something. It was like, oh, I don't know, why did I come out of there? It's like, oh, just a long question, long, long answer to that. But um, and then he just gave it a little kiss. And then after that, 
I kind of made peace with it. And that sounds so shallow, um, but it kind of, I just was just, the whole experience had been quite traumatic. The pregnant, there was emergency C-section, that kind of thing. But I think the whole change had just been a whole overhaul for me. And I was, was, it it caught me off guard. And I thought, um, I'm quite surprised actually how it affected me. But then with the second one, um, I was, it was fine. Like I'm I'm absolutely fine with them now. Like I I think they're great. Um, you know, so it's just that it's just the way things happened, and I think you become accepting of however they've arrived uh, in that respect. So yeah, yeah I mean, that's how I, I, yeah, I'm trying to better answer. I've had a I've, I, to be fair, like I don't think there's ever a good or bad answer to anything there because it's personal experience. But from clients that I've trained in the past, like obviously as a male, it, it's it's very hard to broach these subjects with them um, because. Yeah. Like, I've not gone through it. Like, I don't have kids. I don't want kids. don't particularly like them that much. I've got a dog, right? But, obviously, I deal with a lot of females. Like, that is my main demographic. And I have I train a lot of mums. So, I feel as though, like, having the ability to show them, show them what that scar represents, rather than seen as this scar on on the stomach or they might have a bit of a pouch they might have a little bit of loose skin around it because of the scar it is a scar in a day like someone stabbed you like there's no two ways about it someone stabbed you whether whether they meant to or not it's irrelevant they stabbed you all right that scar represents something that nothing nothing can ever change and touch wood like that still represents a child that you still have today but yeah. like, if we can sort of show women that that's actually what it represents, rather than them looking at the body in the mirror and hating themselves, I feel as though that's like a huge win for us. So I think that little story there is probably something that a lot of them have probably gone through, something very similar, and then probably not thought very as similar as you have. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and I think that there's there's a there's a second piece to it. So yes, it's aesthetics, um, and it's a bit like, oh my gosh, I'm not sure how I feel about it. The second piece is when you've had, um, I guess, again, when you have this, you have your first pregnancy, um, and again, this is not to scare anyone or put anyone off. You just in your first pregnancy, you're like, well, so I'm just going to give birth naturally because that's what we're supposed to do, and all this kind of thing. So there's an element of a feeling of failure connected to the first one okay. so you're a bit like i failed to be able to deliver the child sort of thing and that and that that's i guess what haunts you a little bit and i'm not saying again very different for different people and different reasons so there was kind of like two things that attached to that scar. so it's almost it's i say it's almost strange it kind of it makes sense but then reflecting on it now and especially when my son was like oh that's where i came out of that's amazing and then you're like oh it is amazing it's amazing he's how could this like small person have just put it all in perspective in like one sentence? Um, and they do, and that, and I guess that's brilliant as well. But it is, it is that kind of thing where you're a bit like, God, I, I didn't do it right. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't deliver the child right, sort of thing. And then you just get a bit, yeah. So did that fear of failure, or that failure that you kind of psychologically sort of connected to the to a C-section? Did that put you off having a second? Was that something that went through your mind when you decided that you're actually going to, all right, show, can I do this? Shall we do this? Yeah, so, um, no, because. <laughs> well, actually, no, no, no. 
no he cares then i'm a, i'm a determined annoying kind of person where i'm like right i'm gonna i'm gonna get it right this time so then when i decided i needed a planned c-section that all went out the window so i'm i'm, I'm absolutely saying way too much i'm oversharing now but um it, so i was like no <laughs> let's have a second one and we will definitely um i'm definitely going to do this one correctly and then she came that it came down to talking it through and what had happened in the first one and i was like actually i think it's, it's best we go for a second c-section i was like let's just Let's just go for that. Um, but then, again, lots of different stories, and everyone has stories with pregnancy and, and child and all that kind of thing. But um, then with the second one, we, we miscarried quite a few times before we actually felt pregnant. So by the time we were pregnant and getting to a point where we could feel sure, I guess, we were going to bring this little one into the world, is there was a different level of determination. It's, it's such a interesting psychological journey um it's i yeah honestly um yeah they're very different so it's it's yeah anyway i'm digressing and you Let's did just you did you did all of that while studying masters yes it was an emotional time <laughs> i was there <laughs> no do you can't remember why, why was i asking you for all the answers all the time for? <laughs> are you expecting me to be able to give you them i love it what did she just say? What did she just say? <laughs> okay. So, like, when when you now give your clients or people, members of what used to be your gym, advice about sort of nutrition around coming out of a pregnancy back into training, from a nutrition perspective, what would you say to them? What would you sum up in two minutes? Yeah, to me, I get so it's um it's definitely so it's a food first approach first. Anyway, try not to get swept up in lots of things that are going to be hugely beneficial for you until you've you've solidified or you've you've laid the foundations of that nutrition. And then throughout the whole journey, throughout pregnancy and postpartum, is listen to what your body is asking for. So there might be some guidelines, there might be recommendations, but listen to what it's telling you. Um, don't provide yourself with lots of excuses because there are lots and sometimes that's easy um and then from a training point of view again during pregnancy you'll have different there'll be physiological and psychological changes going on so you need to make sure that you're you're aware of both so is that movement safe to perform or do i just feel uncomfortable performing it because i'm pregnant so kind of listen to what's going on there and obviously there are some guidelines in terms of what movements you should and shouldn't be doing as your body changes and then postpartum-wise, again, there's no rush. Make sure your pelvic floor is sorted. Make, make sure the diastasis recti is kind of back where it needs to be. Um, and then start going back into things. Um, whatever's usual for you is good for you. So make sure you continue doing that. Um, yeah. And don't try and become an athlete. Don't try and make games. Don't try and um, rush back to anything because it will all be there when you get back. So don't worry. Brilliant. Is that right? Yeah, and in terms of like where you were as an athlete, because I know how stacked you still are. To be <laughs> fair, like two pregnancies, two C-section scars, still walks around with abs. <laughs> at what was, from her own words, major old. Um, where after two babies, where 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 would you say you are in in relation to where you were? Like how much of a dramatic impact has it had on your ability within sort of those competitions and sort of all the CrossFit and bear peas and kipping pull-ups that you'd probably do right now? Yeah, 
So um, the movement patterns are still there, the muscle memory is still there, and there's a lot of the strength is actually still there as well, because I guess it's just hiding a little bit at the moment. Um, so a lot of that stuff is actually still there. I wouldn't be able to do it for volume or intensity because I've not trained in that way for a long time now. Um, but some of those skills are still very much there and that kind of thing. So I've got, got enough in the bank to be able to demo, shall we say, <laughs> strong on demos at the minute. Um, but I would say that I'm quite far away from where I was as a performance athlete. Um, but I do, I do still really enjoy my training. So that that's fine by me. Um, and also I'm really... I've accepted where I am and I don't mean that in a that's not a geometry way in terms of like being a mum or anything but I really enjoy being a mum and I for me to become a performance athlete again it would it would mean too much time away from the boys and it's not something I'm prepared to compromise and again it's each to their own and everyone will find their way that's just my personal personal view on it at the moment so brilliant uh, I, don't, I don't think we've had any questions. I've got 200 people joining. I think something stupid like that. Oh, okay. oh God. I've, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried wa waving to everybody. I mean, you've just told the whole of Instagram about sort of a lot of personal things. <laughs> but we're here to share. It's fine. Um, but is there anything, anything you want to add on top of what I've asked you? I think I've covered all the questions that came in. I'm just, I'm just checking what questions I got earlier, but I think we've, it's, it's hard to sort of say, so I've got obviously one of the questions was what exercises should I do? And that's quite hard because without, I don't, it's quite hard to give like a definitive list sort of thing, but there are some very um, good sort of recommendations out there. and it, it, You can be easily guided again if you find a good coach. Um, dead books. Yeah, dead books. <laughs> of dead books, yeah. Um, all yeah. the way, all the way through dead books. Dead <laughs> yeah all right brilliant um i actually learned quite a lot there i'm not gonna lie more about more about sort of the how someone like yourself knowing everything you know having trained at the level that you've trained how something as common as pregnancy is within females um and how many clients i train who have obviously got kids and stuff like that how easy it is to sort of completely like skim over the psychology element of it yeah, yeah. and i think that's actually going to benefit me as a coach and hopefully <clears throat> the six people that have been watching throughout if it's the same six or not um hopefully that's actually benefited them as well um and i, I really enjoyed this that was cool probably the longest video i've I ever mean... done on instagram if you want any more live chats, you let me know. I'm obviously really good at these. <laughs> yeah, we've got nothing else to talk about all that pregnancy, but... <laughs> um, I'd love to get you off for uh, bodybuilding, because I can't really uh, talk about that one of those days. I don't want to talk about bodybuilding. Oh, okay. It sucks. It caused so many psychological issues for me, so... Um, what about what about not being... Not going to slim and well? I'll do that one. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that. Can we talk? We do have to talk about though your spray tan. Was it a spray tan? Which one? Was it a spray tan? I've had many. The I had like, the one that you're mahogany on. Oh, that one. That so one. that was three layers, and at no point did I have the paper thong on the right way. <laughs> oh, 
So all of the things that my paper thought should have covered, only partially covered at each one. So there were, I, it was like a zebra because each part of me was kind of a different shade. And what it made me realize is that having never worn a thong before, it's very easy to get them on the wrong way. Lesson learned. And like in the middle of November, when, because it was in Leicester, it was at the Leicester Uni, in the middle of November, and they had both the doors open to let a breeze in so that the spray tanning booths could regulate. So you had your spray tan, and then you just essentially dried through ice it was yeah, it was awful you just breathe you breeze dried it was awful and like <laughs> i won't be signing up for that one then oh no it's horrible it's horrible and then like because you're lean already you're just like absolutely freezing your tits off anyway and then someone someone's just spraying you with a cold tan you're in a paper thong and then you just i've got 10 percent. i'm at 12 don't worry. Um, but yeah, it's fun. Uh, but that, that that's in the past now. I don't do mahogany. I only go sort of a a rich oak. <laughs> um, I've actually thought I've like I've thought about doing a photo shoot this year, but I'm not sure. No, 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 <laughs> no, not at all. Cricket comes first at, now. Are you at home at the minute? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So this is my whiteboard. That's the job to do's list. Uh, that's content writing that. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of the only rooms that hasn't been done. So like the whole downstairs is done, but upstairs hasn't been done. But um, yeah. Anything, anything else to add? No, just let me know whenever. If you want to do another chat, you let me know. Yeah. We'll just involve everybody. We'll just have a live, another live chat. Yeah. No, no topic. We're just going to talk. Yeah. Well, it'd be good to do. Yeah, I don't mind. Do something else. I just always give you the female perspective, right? And then that's the. Uh... Oh, we can have loads of chats about that if you want. <laughs> yeah. What do you need to know? Honestly. Right. Cool. Um. Have a have a great time. I'll be in touch. I'll give you a shout. Yeah. No worries. Cheers, guys. Anybody's got any questions? Give us a shout, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.